that we are in the presence of God. And God's saying, you don't have to fear because I am with you. Now that's very powerful because really what he's saying is that whatever the things that make you nervous right now, you have to remember that I, the Alpha and the Omega, the all-powerful one, the all-knowing one, I am with you. So you don't even have to be dismayed because I'm your God. God is saying that the great cure for fear is himself. No matter how old you are, you never really outgrow being afraid. While it may shift from the monster under the bed to the huge unknowns about your future, the fear is still very real. Well, in today's message, Pastor Daniel explains that God is the answer to your fears. Just like you ran to your parents when you were little, you can turn to God now. He's always right there with you. You'll learn that God is the cure for every fear you have. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, as he begins his message, The Cure for Fear. So can we just be honest for a second? The fear is real. So much is going on so quickly in our culture that you almost can't help yourself But to be fearful, I think about with all that's happening with this coronavirus, it's evolving so quickly in our experience. We were still planning on having gatherings on the weekend, and then sure enough, they tell us, okay, you can't have gatherings of 250 people, and then the next day they cancel school, and then the next day they cancel restaurants and movie theaters, and then they cancel, hey, listen, we, we don't want you in groups of more than 10 for the next two weeks. And with all that's happening, with all the news and the stock market Fear happens. And really the reason that fear happens, of course, is because we're human. It's a normal human response to uncertainty. And we all know what it's like. I mean, there's been so many times in my life in the past where there's things that have gone on that have just kind of evoked such fear in my heart, whether it's with our, our, our precious children where something will go on and we'll just think, oh no, there's something wrong. Or, or maybe some days you just wake up and you don't feel great or you're concerned about what the future may hold. See, listen, fear is a normal part of the human experience. Everybody experiences fear. But really the question is, is when we experience fear, what do we do with it? And in a lot of ways, that is where the rubber meets the road. That is at street level what Jesus wants to do in our lives is what do we do with the fear that we experience? And today I want to share with you a message as part of this Unstoppable Hope series, how to have fail-proof faith for uncertain times, the cure for fear. So in order to get at that, I want you to open up in your Bibles or in another browser window to Isaiah chapter 41. The prophet Isaiah chapter 41, we're going to be looking at verses 8 to 10 together. Now, if you're new to the Bible, the prophet Isaiah is kind of like right in the middle of your Bible. It's the second largest book in the Bible. You have the book of Psalms, 150 songs or Psalms. Turn to your right, and then you'll find the prophet Isaiah, uh, 66 chapters in the prophet Isaiah. And of course, we're in chapter 41, picking up at verse 8. It says this, it says, but you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen. 
the descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, this word came to the children of Israel at a time when things were really precarious. There were there was so much uncertainty as they were being pressured by different governments who were pushing into their land. There was a succession of kings, some good, some not so good, and they're watching their entire culture crumble. But then God raises up the prophet Isaiah and God wants to speak to his people. Now, I want you to notice first, and we really get this out of verses 8 and 9 of our text. We learn something very, very important. In times of uncertainty, we learn that we have been chosen to serve. We've been chosen to serve. See, over and over again, the Lord, through the prophet Isaiah, is telling the people that they've been chosen to serve. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob. Whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from the farthest regions. I said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. I love this because God has chosen not only the children of Israel, but by extension us as the the people who believe in Jesus, the church. He has chosen us so that we can serve Now, that doesn't sound all that wonderful, actually. I've almost never met somebody who said, man, all I want to do is to serve people. But when we begin to follow Jesus and we begin to simply respond to him, we begin to realize that our identity in Christ, the humility that comes from believing in Jesus, we say, I'm not here to be served, but I'm actually here to serve. See, the great gift to the child of God is that we live our lives desiring to serve the Lord. We say, God, you've given me breath in my lungs for what reason? That I might praise you, that, that, that I might be a servant. Because really, Jesus wants us to be just as he is. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verses 41 to 45. It says, and when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and he said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, they lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, you hear that? In the story that that passage was taken from, James and John, and in some of the gospel accounts it says that their mom, they were seeking places of authority and high stature in the almost like the government that Jesus was setting up and and they wanted to be able to sit at his right hand and his left these great places of honor and and everybody when they hear what James and John are doing they get frustrated they're like like why would you do that and then Jesus gathers them together and reminds them that that in the world in which they lived in the world in which we live today that people want authority they want to lord their 
authority over people. But then Jesus says in the middle there in verse 43, yet it shall not be so among you. For whoever desires to be great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first, the preeminent, shall be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, what Jesus is saying here is that Jesus himself, he did not come to be served by us. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom, to, to die on the cross for the sins of the world. That's why I'm so grateful for who Jesus is. And I hope that you are too, because God loved you and I so much that he gave his own son, Jesus, that Jesus would ransom us back with his own life. And because Jesus didn't come to be honored, he came to give his life to serve us. Then as we simply respond to Jesus, we don't want to have authority over people. We don't want to be all puffed up. We simply desire to serve. See, God's design for his people is that he chose us so that we may serve in this world. And listen, in times of great fear, our job is always exactly the same, to serve. Listen. How is God inviting you right now to serve others? In a time when people are, are running around and they're hoarding things and they're so nervous, it's such a great reminder to us that our job is to reach out. How can I serve? How can I give? God, what would you have for me? Because we've been chosen by Jesus to be servants. Now, from there, we learn something very important. Now, this is in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It's, the text says this, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. Now I love this because what we learn here is that God's presence cures fear. God's presence cures fear. Listen, he says, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. See, what this tells us is so provocative is that when we fear, we have to remember that we are in the presence of God. And God's saying, you don't have to fear because I am with you. Now, that's very powerful because really what he's saying is that whatever the things that make you nervous right now, you have to remember that I, the Alpha and the Omega, the all-powerful one, the all-knowing one, I am with you. So you don't even have to be dismayed because I'm your God. God is saying that the great cure for fear is himself. And I love that because in times of fear, we have to remember that we know and serve a miraculous God. And when we remember that, it changes not only our, our, our own countenance, but our whole heart rejoices because we realize that what seems huge for us is small for the Lord. If God can forgive us of our sins, which is such an extraordinary thing, God can take care of even the present struggles and situations, when we feel all this uncertainty, remember that God is absolutely certain. God is strong and sovereign. Listen, every time you feel fear, and we all feel it, what do we do? We introduce our fear to our God. We come and we say, Lord, you know that I am fearful, but I know that you're with me. Lord, you know that I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, you know that I might be weak in this moment, but Lord, in my weakness, your strength is made perfect. See, God's presence is the cure for fear. Now listen, if you're hearing this right now, 
and you're already a follower of Jesus, you have to realize that God has promised he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus told us that he'll always be with us, even to the end of the age. See, your problem is not that you have a bad situation. Your problem is that you forget that God is with you right now. God's present to each one of us is the gift of his presence. And in God's presence, fear dissipates. Listen to how the apostle John said it. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, where it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears is not be made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. See, in this passage, it's saying that God's perfect love, that we experience through the finished work of Jesus because of the work of the Holy Spirit that Jesus' perfect love casts the fear out of our lives. Now, it's not talking about the fear of the Lord. We know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and that's a healthy part of our relationship with God. We don't fear God as we fear that God is, is evil, but we fear God because of his authority, and we, we fear to break his heart. But in the situations that we find ourselves in, God's perfect love Cast out fear. So when we catch ourselves to be fearful, it's an opportunity for us to exercise faith where we can say, God, you know I'm fearful right now, but you told me that perfect love casts out fear, and we get to love you because you first loved us. So God is proactively loving us. His presence is the gift He has given to us, and all He asks us to do is to trust Him and take the next step. So the question isn't for us, Lord. I want to stop being fearful. The question for us is, Lord, when I'm fearful, I'm going to remember that you're with me. Are you fearful right now? Just say, God, I know you're with me. Will you allow your perfect love to cast out the fear that I have? You know, I find this oftentimes with my kids. If maybe we'll be watching a movie and there'll be a scary sequence. And I always love it when my youngest Annabelle, she's sitting next to me and something a little bit scary happens. She snuggles up into me and she gets real, real close. And sometimes she hides her eyes. I just put my arm around her and I said, sweetie, daddy's here. And, and she knows in that moment, although she might be fearful because of what she's watching, she knows in that moment because of the presence of her dad that she's safe. And the exact same thing is true for you and I. Listen. God's presence is our reality. Listen to how it's said in the book of Joshua. This is Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. The Lord says to the children of Israel through Joshua, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love that. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because God is with you. My friends, listen, God is with us. We live in the reality of Emmanuel. The reality of God is with us at street level. That's what I love so much about who Jesus is. As it says in John's gospel, chapter one, how the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I love how Eugene Peterson kind of enjoys his, the language and his paraphrase the message where he says how Jesus moved into the neighborhood. That's the reality of God with us. And what we learn that when God is with us is that God loves us. The Emmanuel reality is God's presence, his love for us. And he says, because of his love and because of his presence, you and I don't need to fear. 
Isn't that powerful? I mean, just think about that for a second. Now, I realize that everyone here is on a different step of their faith journey. Some of us, we've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and we're like, oh, yeah, I got to remember when I'm fearful that God's presence is the cure for my fear. And there's other of us who are just like, man, I don't really know about this whole Jesus thing. You might say, how will I know that God is with me? And if you were to put your faith and trust in Jesus, right here, right now, right where you are, if you were to say, Jesus, I'm going to commit my life to you. I'm going to call you my Lord, my Savior. I'm going to receive your grace as you died on the cross for me and for all who would believe and for the sins of the world. And as you trust in Jesus, then the Spirit of God takes up residence in your life. He seals you like an engagement ring. And when that happens, you can be absolutely assured that Jesus is always with you because the Spirit of God dwells in you. God's presence changes everything. And you can read stories, biographies of amazing men and women who have experienced the presence of God in some of the most absurd situations. I was thinking earlier about that missionary, John G. Patton. He was a missionary to what the nation we call today Vanuatu. Back when John G. Patton went, it was called the New Hebrides. This was an island pretty far off the coast of Australia, and when John G. Patton went to go and be a missionary to those folks, they were known for being cannibals. They would kill people and they would eat them. And John G. Patton tells story after story about him in very precarious situations where he's being hunted by the people who, who live there. One story, he was hiding and they were trying to find him and he climbed up into a tree and he was in a tree all night. And in that accounting of that harrowing situation. He said, but God's presence was with me in such a profound way that it might be the nearest I ever felt to the Lord. Why? Because in the midst of very fearful situations, we have a faithful God who has promised to be with us. You know, to to close the story a little bit about John G. Patton, if you read Travel Magazine, Vanuatu has been named numerous times one of the most beautiful places to live in the world because of the ministry of John G. Patton and bringing the good news of Jesus there. The folks who live there now, they're not eating people. They're loving people. It's a beautiful place to live. But again, in those very frightful situations, God's presence is an anchor to our soul. I want all of us to be able to experience the presence of God in these present circumstances. And you don't even need to do anything except say, Lord, let me be aware of your presence. Lord, open up my heart to the reality that you are always with me, that you are God with me, who is the God who loves me. And when that happens, you have a cure for your fear because God's presence cures fear. Now, Next, it says this in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, that second half. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. My friends, in times of fear, you and I need to trust God's promises. We need to trust God's promises promises. Because in this passage here, there are some extraordinary promises. Notice there are three I will statements here in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. I will strengthen you, it says. It says, 
Uh, yes, I will help you. And then it says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. My friends, in our current situation, are you trusting those promises? God's promise to strengthen us. God's affirmation that he is here to help us. I love the last one. I will uphold you. That when we are weak, he is strong. That he's going to hold us up with his righteous right hand. That idea of the right hand means that power that God has. The strength that God has. And God is promising to uphold each one of us in his right, with his righteous right hand. The Bible is full of amazing promises that God has given to his people. Promises to give us a future and a hope. We love that promise, don't we? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I think to you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Are you trusting in that promise today? God's promise to strengthen us and to uphold us. God's promise to help us. Are we trusting in that right now? What about the reality that the promise that we know that all things work together for good? For those of us who love God. For those who are the called according to his purpose. Are you trusting that today? Are you trusting the promise that God will never leave us nor forsake us? See, all of these promises are given by God. And all God asks of us is that we choose to, to trust him. Now, I love that because sometimes we can believe a promise but not trust the promise. Like, imagine if I had a, a chair right here right now. And I could say, listen, I believe that if I sat down, that chair could hold my weight. But that mental ascent only really is shown when I choose to sit in it and pick my feet up. See, trust is actually sitting in the seat and picking your feet up off the ground, trusting that that chair will hold. And that's what God asks us to do with the promises that he's given us. That's what God is inviting us to simply respond to Jesus with right now. He wants us to trust him, to trust his promises. The Bible is full of these promises. But really what we learn in fearful times, in uncertain seasons, in times when things feel overwhelming, God invites us to choose to trust him and God is glorified when we do. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6. The children of Israel were scared as they were about to go into the promised land. It says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. What a powerful promise. Looking forward to moving into the promised land and having all these great nations in there that God is promising to give the land. He says, listen, be strong, be of good courage. Don't be fearful because I'm going to go with you and I'm never going to leave you. Jesus is so glad you stayed with us today as Pastor Daniel shared that God is the answer to your fears. He explained that in times of fear, you can rest in his presence and cling to his promises. You learn that there is a difference between belief and trust. Even though you know in your head that a chair will hold you up, you're not actually trusting that chair until you sit in it. In the same way, you have the opportunity to act on your faith in God his promises when you simply respond to him. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. 
I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will invite you to see what the book of 2 Timothy can teach you about shoring up your faith in uncertain times. You'll learn that God wants to give you the gift of hope, a real hope that is rooted in his character and promises. And since God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, this gift begins with the need to replace fear. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Unstoppable Hope. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.